Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Sunday morning service for today, June the 28th, 2020. My goodness, the last Sunday of, uh, of the month of June. So welcome, and it's great to have you with us, and thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I would invite you to use the comments section over on your, um, on your screen to visit with one another. That's always a lot of fun to do. And we see who's on the on the, the the broadcast and who's watching. And maybe you're brand new with us, and it'd be great to know who you are. And we'll do some announcements after the singing this morning. But Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you and to praise you. And God, I pray that you would help us just to focus upon you and to put aside distractions and to just relax. Uh, we're in the privacy of our homes, but Lord, to take some time and to focus upon you in these moments that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Enjoy the music, everyone. Turning back, there's no turning back. 
all my heart out of the dark fearless fearless finally free and your spirit makes me fearless fearless you call my heart out of the dark fearless fearless finally free your spirit makes me fearless 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 I searched the world But it couldn't fill me A man's empty praise Treasures that fade But never enough You came along And put me back together And every desire now satisfied here in your love oh there's nothing better than you there is nothing better than you lord there's nothing nothing is better than you You turn shame into glory 
Father, we come to you and we're reminded uh, by that song, Lord, that uh, your power, your presence, those are the things that we need in our lives. And uh, Lord, we're, we're not naive to the reality that uh, we walk through difficult moments and uh, worldwide virus or no worldwide virus, Lord, there are times in our lives when we have those seasons and we have those moments, God, where things are just pressing in on us and and they squeeze us and they, they come around us from all sides. But Lord, we pray that you would hem us in. We pray that you would be our strength. We pray for your presence in our lives. Uh, that we would be conscious, Lord, uh, that you are with us. And that you walk through those, those difficult valleys with us. I, I pray for those, God, who who as the as the month of june closes lord they're struggling all over the place lord we continue to pray for emmanuel and his family god as they are are grieving the loss of his sister would you be their strength god would you be their their comfort uh, again we want your presence and your power in our lives we pray you would protect them and uh, that your presence would be with them as they travel back uh, from the U.S. In the name of Jesus, Lord, uh, we thank you for those who who are out there in the in the CHSLDs and in in uh, caring for vulnerable seniors and so on. We pray that you would protect them. Those working in hospitals and serving in hospitals, you would protect them, O oh God. Um, we think of those who are facing uncertain uh, days ahead. Just the next couple of months are going to be telling, Lord, whether or not their jobs are going to be the same or they could lose them or they could be shifted. And, and God, there's just so much uncertainty and so much change around us. We pray you would hem us in. We pray you would be our, our comfort. You would be our power. And we would sense your presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said...
Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again. It's great to be with you today on the 28th of June. Yeah, the last Sunday in the month. And thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank my daughter, Sarah, for running the tech and uh, my wife, Janet, who's visiting with people through those comments section. And uh, um, thank you for Simon and Terrence for producing that worship. You know, our our band, our uh, our musicians, and pre-recording things uh, for the last three months. And, you know, to, to pre-record and to put things together and use uh, what they call DAW software and all of that, that takes hours and hours of people's time. So I want to thank the band for all of their help and all of their support and uh, being stressed and challenged in this new way of doing things. Uh, thank you so much for using your gifts and your talents, everyone. And thank you for joining in with us. Maybe you're here for the very, very first time. We'll put a little slide on the screen. If you want to text the key phrase, reach the one, just all one word to the phone number on your screen, 514-900-0130. I've got a little gift that you're going to enjoy that I'm going to send you by email. So all it entails is your name, your cell phone, and your email, and you'll be in our system I communicate with everybody once a week via email and also via mass text very, very quickly. And so you'll get on that list uh, and you'll have access to some things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to to use. Uh, you can also reach out to us at citypointchurch.ca slash contact and visit our website. Uh, you'll see we've got audio and video of all of the messages. Uh, the video feature is relatively new, but we have put that in since the pandemic began. Uh, and I invite you to share, share, share this with other people. Those of you who are watching this live right now on Facebook, share it. Uh, start with a call a watch party, whatever it is. But uh, I challenge you to get the message out. There's all kinds of information floating around on the Internet these days. And um, so we're trying to teach the Bible and uh, and and bring the truth of God's word to people and to reach the one who is far from God so that together we would become passionate followers of Jesus. So you can help and you can support that by sharing this content. All right. I invite you to continue to pray for our missionaries. Their pictures are going to come on the screen. You see Michelle and Louis Charbonneau there. And they are in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. You can actually watch their services online every Sunday morning. I think they start pretty early in the morning, 8.30, 9.30, I'm not sure. But the, the website, or sorry, the Facebook page is Église La Forteresse Page. All right, you have to put the page in there. And that is their live stream. And you can visit, and they keep it on their Facebook page so you can watch what they do to a degree at least. Uh, and we continue to pray for them and Don and Marie-José Mann as they're preparing, continue to prepare to... Really, they're going to go all over the world doing leadership training. And we're so thankful to be partnering with our, our global workers, our missionaries. And I would invite you to remember, Monday to Friday, we have uh, a really neat series that we're running. We'll put the picture on the screen there called Your Questions, God's Questions. And uh, wow, we've got 14, 15 questions so far, and they're all up there. You can, you can watch them on this, uh, on this Facebook page or on our website. We also 
our podcasting on the podcast and Apple Podcasts platforms. So you can subscribe and that way you get them uh, right on your phone as soon as I upload them. And I invite you to keep sending in those questions. I got a couple more this week and I will answer anything that you throw at me. Okay, sometimes I won't be able to answer it because I don't have a clue what the answer is. But you've got questions about God, Christianity, the Bible, or your friends do, your atheist friends do. Uh, that's what we're here for. So you you fire those questions off to us, and uh, I would be uh, more than happy to take a crack at answering. And I thank you for your consistent generosity. Wow, over the last three months, we have uh, we have we've seen a drop for sure, but we have been uh, keeping our head above water, so to speak, and we're able to continue to support our missionaries and this online platform. All these little tools, these little electronic tools have fees to them, their monthly fees and so on. And so we want to thank you for helping us to do that. Um, and I, I would invite you to something we're doing a little bit differently. Uh, we do a Zoom call every week for the whole church, and then we do one biweekly for the men. I met with the men on Saturday, and then this morning uh, did a, a, a church-wide uh, Zoom call, and we changed the time uh today and so it was 9 a.m this morning and next week we'll do it at 10 a.m so i want to see as many of you as we can on that zoom call it'll just be a half an hour call from 10 to 10 30 every sunday morning and um it's great to visit with one another yes we want to be face to face in the same room uh but uh, for the time being this is this is how things are going and so i will be sending you a link as I do every week in an email so you can get on that Zoom call. And any folks who are new, if you have filled out uh, and sent that key phrase into that phone number, you will get on that list and be a part of that call as well. All right. An announcement for you before uh, we get into the message today. And uh, you probably have seen this in my email already, but I'll remind you, those of you who haven't, uh, we have been working very closely with Cineplex in uh, lieu of all of the developments and the openings uh, of, of various um, uh, places and so on by the province. And um, Cineplex will be reopening their doors to the public, I believe it'll be July the 3rd, in very limited capacity. And while they would be ready to serve churches probably toward the end of July, it would be with very, very big restrictions. Uh, so much so that uh, uh, I've met this week with, with our board, uh, our, our pastor's council, and we prayerfully talked about this for a while and considered this and really want to be good stewards of the resources that God has given us um, and your generosity as well. And so we are holding off uh, meeting until the 20th of September, and that is pending, depending on what happens with the virus in the month of August uh, and July, we'll see. Uh, but uh, with Cineplex's approval, we're going to wait until the 20th of September. Uh, before then, we, of course, are going to move gear uh, from one uh, theater to another. We had planned to do this before the pandemic started. But uh, we're going to wait. And uh, we want people to have, a, have a, uh, an encouraging experience when they come. And uh, so with the restrictions that they have in place, it just really, really wouldn't be too motivating for you. But we do want to put that date in front of you, September 20th, so you do have that to look forward to. Uh, but we're going to continue meeting online and uh, continue running this, this marathon. It is a marathon and not a sprint. 
Uh, but I do remember when we planted this church four years ago and we were three months away from opening. Boy, the three months goes very, very fast. And uh, churches around the world are going to experience something like planting a church. And it's almost like replanting uh, after you have three months of nothing uh, in person and you're doing everything online and then you start meeting again. You, you, it's, it's like replanting a church. And so these next three months are going to go by very, very quickly. And we'll keep you up to date with everything as it happens week to week. That's why it's so important to keep checking your emails and get onto our list. Okay, so we are continuing our look at the letters of Peter in what we call the podcasts from Peter. And this is chapter four, and the title is God's Will for Your Life. I am a firm believer that if the writers of the New Testament and the Old Testament had this type of technology that we have today, where they could broadcast Uh, all over the world, audio, video, from little devices that fit in their pockets. They would be using this stuff all day to reach people. And the way Peter writes in 1 Peter and 2 Peter in the New Testament, and the way Peter writes uh, through Mark, because we were pretty sure that the Gospel of Mark was dictated uh, to him by Peter, Uh, And we see it's very action-packed. It's very easy to read. It's a very simple style. It's almost like a podcast. And so we're going through the the letters of Peter, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, uh, with this kind of theme, podcasts from Peter. And we're going to talk about God's will for your life today. But just to review, so so you're back uh, in context here, Peter is writing in the early 60s. We'll put a map on the screen for you. Not the 1960s, as I, as I often joke, but in the actual 60s in the first century. And he is writing most likely from the city of Rome. And he gives us a tip at the end of 1 Peter, which we'll look at next week, where he calls it Babylon. And that's, that's a, a reference often used for the city of Rome. And so he's writing most probably from Rome, which you see in the northwest part of your screen, top left. Got a little circle around it. And he's writing to churches that are scattered through what is now the area of Turkey. So Asia, Bithynia, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia. And uh, he's writing to believers who are scattered. They're most likely scattered from the south, uh, where you see Jerusalem down in the southeastern part of your screen there, lower right-hand corner. They're most likely scattered from somewhere in that area, and they went up north. Uh, But these these people have several things going on, all right? They're, They're dealing with a Roman emperor by the name of Nero, who was vicious to the new church and to uh, this new sort of sect uh, uh, of Christians. And uh, we know from history that uh, Nero died in the year 68, uh, but he would uh, set fire to the city of Rome in the year 64 and actually blame Christians for it. And he did unspeakable things uh, to persecute Christians. And so they've got to deal with, with the Roman emperor on the one hand, They've got to deal with persecution from the area of uh, Jerusalem all the way up to where they are uh, in the same way that Paul had to deal with persecution. Peter had to deal with persecution because there was a group of ultra-religious elite 
uh, uh, Jews who would persecute the new Christians in the same way that they had confrontations with Jesus, they would um, also try and stop the new movement. And again, just so you know, this is not all Jewish people, but there certainly was a group that was doing this. And so you've got scattered believers is the point, and they are uh, in what is now the area of Turkey. And so we're picking, picking things up in 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 4 in the Bible's New Testament. And I want to talk about today, what is God's will for my life, for your life? What is God's will? And this is a very, very big question that uh, people really of all all faith systems, whatever God they believe in, they're they're wondering, well, what is that God's will for my life? And Christians ask that question all the time. What is God's will for my life? I want to to know what he wants me to do. And typically, when we think about this question of God's will, we I think of big life decisions. Um, where should I live? Uh, whom should I marry? Uh, what job shall I take? How do I make the right choice in fill in the blanks? And so these are, for us, these are big major life decisions. You know, uh, where I live could could certainly affect my sort of quality of life you know do i want to live uh, in a city do i want to live in a, in an urban context in a rural context do i want to live near my own uh, family do i want to live near uh you know if if you're married my my spouse's family like where where should i live do i is that based on where i work and well probably is and so we we usually have these big things you know live our uh where we're gonna live our relationships or who are we gonna marry what kind of job shall i take and we sort of romanticize these things um you know when it comes to to marriage uh, so many times I have heard uh, people uh, talk about, well, you know, I want to be sure that I pick the right person and God has that one person for me. And I want to be sure that I pick the right person because, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the road, I don't want to be, oh, no, you know, things are going bad because I missed the right person. Well, the, the reality is that when it comes to marriage, it's not about so much whether or not you get the right person. It's whether or not you're going to learn the skills to make your marriage actually work. And any married couple who's been married for a few years knows that uh, it's not so much about did I did I get God's you know will in this thing and you know God has this magical sort of person for me. No, it's well, am I willing to, to do what God tells me to do uh, in my marriage to make my marriage successful? You know, uh, where, where should I live? What if I make a mistake? What if I live in this place and not that place and I sort of miss God's will and God's choice? And we kind of romanticize these things. What sort of job should I take and how shall I work? And, and I don't want to miss it. And because if I miss it, then uh, my my quality of life is not going to be what it could be because I missed God's will. And when we think like that um, about the will of God, there is a common denominator to that sort of way of thinking. And the, the common denominator is, is us, 
right? And we're concerned because we want to make the right choice so that things go well for us. And we think that God can direct us and help us make that right choice. And there's nothing wrong with praying about those things. Where should I live? Whom shall I marry? What job shall I take? What choice do I make in such and such a thing? There's nothing wrong with praying about those things at all. And those are good things to pray about. It's just that sometimes we we romanticize these things and pray about these things to a point where we're using that almost as an excuse not to do it. So I remember I was uh, 22 years old, uh, was a very, very new uh, follower of Jesus, uh, about two years um, and uh, in the, the, my previous church that I was in, they had a, uh, uh, an opportunity to go on a, on a missions trip to Barcelona, Spain. And I had never been on, a, of course, a missions trip in my life. I had no idea what that was. And the pastor said, hey, you know, I think you'd, have, you'd, you'd really be good on this team. And we're going to go into Barcelona, Spain. And we're going to do some street evangelism and, you know, teach the, teach the gospel to people. And uh, I think it'd be a great opportunity. And, you know, why don't you pray about it? And I said, well, why do I need to pray about it? <laughs> why don't I just do it? Is, isn't that what we're supposed to do? And so, you know, I just did it. I didn't need to didn't need to romanticize it too much. I just just wanted to to do what I thought was the obvious will of God uh, in the in the Bible. And uh, I'm glad that I did because uh, I met my wife through that trip. And uh, we've been married, what, 27 years, I guess it is now. And uh, so, you know, a lot of life change uh, because I went on that trip. But it, it wasn't something that was terribly romanticized or anything in my own head. It was just, well, just go and do it. And um, so if you're going to learn something from today's message, the will of God for our lives is not always this kind of uh, dramatic, emotional, uh, romantic kind of uh, uh, way of living. The will of God, when you look into the scripture, actually shows is something very different. And it's not so much about us anymore. So um, picking things up in in First uh, Peter, um, first lesson that I want you to see. And basically what we're doing here is we're looking for what does Peter teach about the will of God here in this letter to these scattered believers enduring persecution from maybe two different fronts, scattered all over the place, many of them non-Jewish, uh, many of them are Gentiles. Um, although the, this letter, there's some debate, there's some evidence that he's writing to a Jewish audience here, but it is certainly up for debate. Um, some lessons about the will of God. Uh, number one, your behavior in the circumstance of life, whatever it may be, is more important than the circumstance itself. So we, we always want the will of God to be about the circumstance and so if I find the will of God, then I'll be in a good circumstance. Well, Peter is going to teach something different. He's going to say, well, it's not so much about the circumstance that you're in being God's will. It's how you behave in that circumstance. So back to First Peter chapter 2, which we've looked at a couple of times now. Um, he's talking to them about submitting to uh, the authorities of the land. And that, that may be well and good, but what if the authorities of the land 
are are bad? What if they're persecuting you, the authorities of the land, which is exactly what was happening in, in their time, and Peter knew that. And yet he says, you know, submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. And watch this in verse 15. For it is God's will. It is God's will. Whenever you read that in the New Testament, you ought to stop, take a little pen, highlight it, circle it, do something, write the verse down, for it is God's will. What is God's will? That by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Wow. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up. For evil, live as servants of God, show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. (laughs) The king, I mean, that's Nero. Uh, What is he saying? He's saying, you know, you continue to do good even in a circumstance where you've got a government, a leader that is against you and that is going to persecute you for what you believe That is God's will. It is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. What was the ignorant talk of foolish men that he's referring to? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, It could be those who say, well, we need to oppose and we need to uh, uh, organize some sort of violent revolt against, against Nero. You know, and Jesus is our Messiah, so let's let's all go and try and conquer Nero. I mean, I, I, Peter doesn't say, but um, he he's saying that there, there's going to be opposition, and that as you continue to do good, even in that difficult circumstance, you are doing the will of God. And this can be extended beyond a circumstance where people are being persecuted for their faith. Whatever circumstance you're in, do you continue to do good or do you resort to retaliation, returning evil for evil, taking vengeance, um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder at the expense of others in your in your organization, in your business? Uh, uh, treating others in a demeaning fashion, uh, this type of thing. Uh, This is not the behavior that Peter is saying is God's will. God's will is that you continue to do good in spite of your circumstance. So it's your behavior he's interested in more than the circumstance itself. Many times you won't have any control over the circumstance that you're in, and rather saying, well, this is not God's will because the circumstance is bad, what we should be saying is, God's will is that I continue to do good. It's not necessarily a change of circumstance that I need. It's a change in my own behavior that I need. And that's a that's a little bit different take um, on the will of God. I have met many people over the years um, in ministry who are in jobs that they don't like and working for people that they don't like. Uh, and, you know, the people are whatever, they're not Christian, they're not godly, they're this and they're that. And, you know, people kind of conspire against them. And there's a, there's a, a pressure and, and sometimes that is extremely real. 
And while there are times where people need to say, I, I just, I've got to get out of this particular job and I've got to go somewhere else uh, because it's just too much, uh, well, there, that's certainly very valid. Uh, the first thing that we should do when we're in a circumstance like that is evaluate. Could it be that God wants me to stay in this difficult uh, role, in this difficult a circumstance where I'm in this job and, you know, this it's just, it's so difficult here. The atmosphere is just so toxic. Could it be that God wants me to stay and continue to do good so that I would silence the ignorant talk of foolish men so that people would see uh, your life uh, in front of them and expect that you would retaliate and expect that you would uh, uh, return evil for evil and so on. And yet they see you continuing to do good, continuing to do your job, even in a difficult circumstance. Could it be? And that's the first question uh, that we should ask when we're in a circumstance like that. Uh, observation number two from Peter, sometimes, and this is going to be really hard for some of you to hear, sometimes suffering, suffering for doing good is God's will. All right. So uh, from first Peter chapter three and uh, last week we finished by um, looking at uh, spouses and uh, husbands and wives and how they're to submit to one another and how they're to treat one another. And look what he says um, from uh, verse eight of chapter three. Finally, all of you watch for the will of God here. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Uh, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil, this is an ongoing theme from Peter, or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace. And pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. He's quoted from uh, Psalm 34, now he's in Isaiah chapter 8, Old Testament stuff he's pulling out here. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Watch this, verse 17. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good rather than for doing evil. Why? For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. <laughs> it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Sometimes suffering for doing good 
is God's will. Chapter 4, verses 12 to 19, he's going to pick this theme up again. And it's it's so hard to read the letter of 1 Peter and jump over this word suffering. We kind of subconsciously want to do it, but he, he purposefully puts it in almost every chapter. Dear friends, chapter 4, verse 12, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. You ever felt that way? But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory of God rests on you. If you suffer, you should not, or it should not be as a murderer or a thief or as any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will, verse 19, should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Sometimes suffering for doing good is the will of God. We tend, again, to look at the circumstance and say this suffering is not the will of God. This circumstance is not the will of God. What we should be doing is saying, are we continuing to do good even in this period of suffering, whatever it may be? Because that is the will of God. And so we've got to be looking at ourselves, but in a different way. We tend to look at the will of God for us instead of looking at the will of God in us. And this is the, the, the big, big uh, lesson that Peter is trying to get across. And finally, um, what he does is he contrasts the will of God and the will of man. And he uses Jesus as the example here. So from chapter 3, verse 18 onward, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Now watch what he does here, and this is a bizarre passage of Scripture. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom he also went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison. What is that? Who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. Yeah, that's Noah's ark. In it, only a few people, eight and all, were saved. Um, so, and, and he continues, it gets even more strange, um, um, through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. I'll break this down in a moment, but we'll just check out the next uh, few verses. Therefore, watch, since Christ suffered 
in his body. So Jesus is the example. Arm yourselves also with the same attitude, that same attitude that Jesus had when he willfully went through suffering on the cross. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And there you see the will of God again. So the person who comes to Christ, there's a shift in their understanding of what is their life about. Before, their life used to be about themselves. Their life used to be about sin. But now, through what Jesus did and through his suffering on the cross, our lives who have who have come to Christ are about something different. They're about the will of God and no longer about us in a selfish sense. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. And a pagan uh, harsh word, but you have to understand the context. Living in, and he outlines a litany of sins here, debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Uh, It's quite strong, and some of these words are, are a little older. But he's talking of everything from drunkenness to to all kinds of sexual sin to idolatry. They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them into the same flood of dissipation. And they heap abuse on you, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was proclaimed even to those who are now dead. There's that bizarre reference again. So that they might be judged according to men in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. So what is he doing here? Well, he's contrasting the will of the person that is not submitted to God versus the will of the person who is submitted to God. And when a person comes to Christ, it's no longer about me it's now about what is god's will and he uses as an illustration uh the people who rejected the preaching of noah way back in the book of genesis when noah is warning the people uh that that uh, this this judgment this global judgment from god is coming on the world yes i do believe that it was a global judgment and not a localized judgment and that the flood was indeed a global flood and it's interesting he talks about making proclamation in some uh, bibles it says actually preached there uh the greek is more like a proclamation it's not sort of uh, trying to say that, you know, these, these the spirits of these people, uh, wherever they were, could somehow uh, uh, get out of there and could be redeemed, sort of like this version of purgatory or something. That's not what's being taught here. What's being taught is that there was proclamation made to these spirits, and these are, uh, this is the immaterial part of, of man that, that transcends even physical death. So here you have evidence of the of the uh, the infinity of the soul or spirit conscious alive as it passes into eternity here you have evidence of that uh, and so there was proclamation made to these 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 people 
because their will was not submitted to God's will, and therefore they were judged for it. And he refers to these people a couple of times. So the point is, he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. We identify with Christ through his suffering. It's not that we get physically crucified, but we identify with Christ in his suffering. And as a result, our attitude changes. And we do not live our lives for ourselves, but we live our lives for the will of God. The ultimate question here from all of what Peter is trying to communicate uh, uh, to his audience is, do we want the will of God to be about our about our circumstances being comfortable and being pleasant and being to our benefit? Or do we want the will of God to be what he's doing in us and through us regardless of the circumstance? And your circumstance may be a really pleasant one now, or it may be a really painful one now. Uh, it depends. It depends where where you're at and sometimes how you even interpret it. Uh, but regardless of what your circumstance is, uh, what are you going to choose to do while in it? In many cases, you're not going to be able to change it. Uh, but what are you going to do while you are in it? So I'd like to take a moment just to pray with you. Uh, wherever you're you're at and whatever's going on uh, in your own your own uh, uh, lives uh, at this point and um, some of you it's it's right where you're at and from some of, for some of you it's going to be where you are at so uh, father we do thank you for your word today and uh, we thank you that Peter speaks to us um, 2,000 years later about something that we all ponder about and we all think about and it's so uh, so practical for us in our lives Lord and uh, I pray for the one today who's who's watching listening trying to discern uh, Lord what is it that you want from me what is it that you want me to do um, God would you speak to us and teach us who it is you want us to be first and foremost. Uh, Lord, I pray for, for uh, folks who are in circumstances that have to change and that have to be different. And Lord, they hear a message like this and say, yes, but the circumstance has to change. Lord, I pray you would, you would breathe hope into people and that they would, uh, they would see the light at the end of the tunnel and God, they would see your hand of provision, your hand of power um, in their lives. But while they're here, I pray, God, uh, that you would again be their strength and you would be their, their presence. Uh, Lord, I, I, I pray again for uh, those who are putting themselves second and putting others first uh, and others' needs before them and where they're working and how they're serving. Uh, I pray, Lord, your protection over people. I pray that you would enable us to be witnesses, God, that we would behave in unexpected ways and people would wonder why and people would ask, what is it that makes you 
different in this circumstance? Why is it that while you should be one way, you're behaving in a completely different fashion? Lord, that we would truly be salt and light to this world and we would always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us and to do so with gentleness and respect. God, we are on display uh, before this world, especially in this time uh, of, of pandemic and, and protest and all of these things that are happening at once. We are on display, so help us, God, to walk in step with your spirit uh, every every opportunity that you give to us. We pray in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much again for joining with us, and uh, I look forward to being with you tomorrow. We'll take more of your questions, and uh, and next week, Sunday, as we continue with our series podcasts from Peter. Until we meet again, God bless you, everyone.